ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. That's me, Stacy Heller. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the show. If you have any questions or comments, go ahead and give me a call. The number is, okay, I got to look for it over here, 425-373-5527. And I am joined today by Debbie Rosemont of Simply Placed. Debbie is an old friend, which is the worst way to describe it because it's you're not old. We've been a friends for a long time. Right. Okay. That's better. Um <laughs> Now, I have a question for you right off the bat. You are a CPO. I've heard of a CEO. I've heard of a CFO. <laughs> I've even heard of a CI or CMO. What is a CPO? A CPO is a Certified Professional Organizer. Okay. And that is uh, certified through the Board of Certified Professional Organizers. So it means oh. I sat for an exam, I studied, I provided or evidence of a certain number of working hours. Nice. Okay. So, and you're basically the CEO of your own company. I am a CEO as right. well Look as a that. CPO. Yes. Okay, <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so we're going to be talking to Debbie. I shared on my Instagram story a picture of my pantry, which I thought was rather daring of me, and asked the question about um, does how your pantry is organized reflect what's going on inside your brain? So I'm going to talk to Debbie about that a little bit later in the show. Got and it. I'm I'm excited and nervous about her answer <laughs> and I like didn't even I didn't even adjust the pantry at all I took the picture right as I was leaving and I I resisted the urge to tidy it good for you so anyway well you know I'm I'm trying really hard so guys I have this amazing awesome text thread with, with a bunch of friends and we talk about all kinds of things. It's chock full of, you know, politics. They're always keeping me in the loop about what's going on because I don't read the news throughout the day and those kinds of things. They do. Um, they keep me up to date on who's dating who, what shows to watch, what books to read. Um, not really gossip because none of us are together to be doing anything. So there's really no gossip to be had. But they also share memes. And today there was one that said um, that Karen shared that said something along the lines of, um, you know, does it bother you that um, 2021 is pronounced 2021? <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. I laughed. But then I also was like, oh, not this time, Satan. Like, it is not <laughs> going to happen. Um, so that's another reason why I'm actually happy to have you on the show, because 2020 is not going to win. No, it's not. It's a new year. It's, it's a new year. It's a new year. And of course, now that I have said that, I've put this idea of 2021 into people's head. I came up with a solution. So my kids, um, people refer to something as like the greatest of all time, and they call it the goat. Mm -hmm. Well, my kids refer to things that are the worst of all time as the woat. <laughs> so now, in order to help you, if you need to, you can, you know, 2021, um, goat. Yeah. It won the, or rather, woat, woat. worst of all time. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of get you in the right frame. Um and speaking of goals, so mine for 2021 are pretty simple. I had to do some reflection on this. Um, 
and I've been doing it for probably the past four weeks because I'm not really big on New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up. I don't think mom ever did New Year's resolutions, um, or at least she didn't share them with me. I don't know. Mom, did you? Um, So, and I also feel like something about like having a line in the sand, it just makes me want to cross it. Yeah. I'm just contrary that way. Well, you, you can use that for good as well. Yes. Depending on how you define your line in the sand. Yes. Yes, that is true. That's what I actually tell the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you may not drink until you're 21. That said, the line in the sand is you may not drink and drive. Yeah. Because they may make a different choice, but the hard line is, like, this is non-negotiable. Right. right. So you make a good point. Yep. Um, so one of my goals is to feel, which I know seems odd. However, I have found that I am in my head way too much and that that has created a disconnect Mm -hmm. to really feeling things. And part of my second goal is this idea of really authenticity. And actually, I was working with my therapist this week. Hey, Tawny. (laughs) (laughs) I outed myself. You didn't. It's all good. And uh, she actually encouraged me to find a different word for authenticity because she said in the past 10, 15 years, this word has been bandied about so much. And, you know, people want to be authentic and they want to be this and they want to be that. And that's great, but it's almost like we've lost. Um, it's it's so overused that it's now almost under understood. Yeah. Have you found another word yet? Well, Debbie, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> she suggested I find something that is apropos of nothing. And so at first I thought, oh, well, true, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, who I am truly, and she reminded me that with that word, I could also go to false and that it's about your personal narrative and that, you know, whatever is authentic, it includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. And so I said, oh, so you want me to just find a really random word, like blueberry? And she was like, and there's your word. Oh, boy. I love it. So (laughs) blueberry is my word, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre because I don't love blueberries. Hmm. I actually only really love them when I've just picked them off the bush, which one could say that is the most authentic blueberry. Indeed. Right? It hasn't been in any way right. marred. It's Nothing's fresh. happened to it. Yep. It's not in a pie. It's not in a drink. It's so there's that. And it also reminded me that when I was a teenager, I went and I worked during a few summers for this family in mm-hmm. Maine. Mm-hmm. The first summer I went, it was awful. I hated it and was like, I'm never going back there. And then, of course, the next year, um, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll go back. I I suspect that my parents encouraged me since Mm -hmm. I had never done camp or anything. Uh Anyway, I ended up working for not the the couple that I had worked for the first summer, but their parents. And they were well-to-do, and they had this amazing kind of compound, but not like Kennedy compound, just like piece of land. Uh, on this lake in way northern Maine. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And I really loved, um, they went by Mumum and D-Daddy. And I loved Mumum. She was really cool. And she had in her truck a CB radio. And I can't remember if her name was this or if it was the person that she would talk to, but one of them was Blueberry Gal. The handle, like their... The handle, that's what it is. Yes, their CB handle. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was sharing that I remember like feeling things there. That was the age of the word awesome. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, my God, you're so awesome. <laughs> and I remember sitting on a dock and I was done with my work for the day with my Sony Walkman on, mm-hmm. listening to Joshua Tree. Yeah, you too. You too. And looking out at the lake and hearing loons mm-hmm. and, like, seeing this amazing untouched wilderness and thinking, no, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And really being affected by that. So it's just, it's fascinating how things that you think are apropos of nothing actually really all tie together. And you just brought together blueberry and feeling, your two things, into one memory. This is what I'm saying. Yes. It's fascinating. And, of course, I was joking that, you know, so every time I have this vision of myself as a blueberry trying to wear, like, a raspberries bikini. doesn't work (laughs) I think you've got your theme song for the year too from the greatest showman this is me I mean that's it's about feeling it's about showing up as who you are Mm -hmm. and and loving who you are right I also like the song by um Lizzo Mm, yeah and she talks about like um do my hair toss and like feeling good as heller (laughs) see what I did there (laughs) uh so anyway so that is my other goal authenticity and um Lastly, I had a huge moment in the car on Sunday. So there's a segment that I thought that I was going to be doing for the show more often than I have that's called Stuck in the Car with Mom. Hmm. Because let's face it, who hasn't either been the mom or the person stuck in the car with right. mom where you're lectured? And it's where I most often share my Stacyisms with the kids. Uh-huh. I always talk about my Stacyism. So my Stacyism today, by the way, is... All you parents of kids that need to be driven, this is your time. (laughs) This is your time to either talk with them, not at them, not to them, with them. Mm -hmm. Or it's your time to listen if they have people in the car with them and just be silent and listen to what's going on because you learn so much. So anyway, I had um, poor Grace stuck in the car with me and we were sitting there and I was lecturing her about something And she was talking about, so like me, she's got ADHD. Mm -hmm. Actually, she's worked with Simply Placed. And she was talking about how it's difficult to maintain friendships with people because what happens is there's tons of people in college that you meet and that you enjoy spending time with and whatever. But she said they fall off my radar. And it's Mm -hmm. not that I'm not interested or I don't want to hang out with them or whatever it is. So she said that she was asking around about this and she asked you know, counselors that she's worked with and people she's worked with. And she said that people with ADHD have almost like a object permanence. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea, like even babies know that if, you know, when you see something and it goes away, it's, it's going to be back. It's still there. It's just not in front of them. Right. And so when you have ADHD, it's the same thing, except that it's not. Both are true. Mm-hmm. So you know that the person is there, but when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Yes. So this was huge for me because I have had this personal narrative of I um, avoid things all the time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, another reason why I'm so excited to have you on the show, because I've had this narrative of, you know, I have work that I need to do and I'm not doing it or friendships. I mean, I have literally thought of writing I'm sorry notes to my friends Mm -hmm. and saying, I want you to know that I truly value you and our time and our relationship and all of these things. 
but I really stink at initiating and remember to do remembering to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Grace introducing me to this, I then of course had to go down an internet spiral and research it and yep. you know, and sure enough, this is a thing. And I realized then that it occurs not just to your personal relationships, but even work. And that very often I will focus, I'll be focusing on something that is business critical. I used it, Stacey Harris. Um, And I'll get very focused on that for my client. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm working on. And then meanwhile, there's other things that are nipping at my heels. And, you know, suddenly I'm like, oh, shoot. And it's not that I'm avoiding it. Right. It turns out it's that I'm singularly focused. Right. So... I need to um, work on having that not be, again, about good or bad, yep. but that's just who I am, yeah. and change that narrative and be a blueberry, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and find some workarounds to figure out how to to make sure that I don't always have to do things like so many HD, HDers out there were actually a highly sensitive smart, creative group. And, you know, we can do something at the last minute and stick the landing because we've done a lot of the upfront work mentally, but the execution is always feels last minute. And, you know, we stick that landing. But that said, it's harrowing. (laughs) I I talked about this today. I taught a webinar this morning for a a group that I run that was on procrastination. So the the title was, what are you waiting for? And we talked about exactly the thing you just mentioned is that those who procrastinate ADHD or not, because lots Mm -hmm. of people do, um, often have this um, kind of reinforcing experience of, well, see, I I waited till the last minute and I got it done. Like you said, you stuck the landing. So see, I can do this. It's okay. Um, But is it the best quality work? Was it done at a cost to your stress level and your health? And those are some things to investigate Mm because there are better ways. Oh, totally. I mean, and that's the thing. It's so harrowing. It, It reminds me of when you watch the gymnastics during the Olympics and you're watching and, you know, they'll vault and they're just like going through the air and, you know, you're just watching and you're like, that looks harrowing. Yes. (laughs) And then they stick the landing and they have that, that momentary pause, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm good. Right. And then the hands go up and that's how I feel all the time. Like, okay, I did this right. And then my hands can go up like, yep, Mm -hmm. meant to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, it's buddy and, or buddy, it's, um, Buzz Lightyear, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yep. I'm falling with right. style. Right. So that's that's kind of a thing. Um, so that's kind of my my setting the the tone yeah. for the new year. And um, I don't know, it seems like it's a good thing. Sometimes I have a word, sometimes I don't. But those are my goals for this year. And um, my other goal is to go visit mom. Great one. To get this pandemic um taken care of yep make sure everybody's doing their part so that i can actually i would love to have mom come out here so that she could come into the studio and be on the show oh that would be awesome right it would be earlier in the day Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't be like two cocktails in (laughs) (laughs) i mean she might actually (laughs) and the idea is to have diane and um and to have lee come with her great right great I mean, why not? It would be so fun. Yes. Yeah. So that's another goal that I have. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that uh, my brothers would appreciate it because we all worry about mom. And, 
you know, making sure that her mental health is taken care of. And that helps all of our mental health. For sure. And my in-laws, too. By the way, I don't want to keep them out. Like, of course I want to see them. It's just, you know, they're not as needy as my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so those are my goals. And um, we're going to take a very, very short break. And when we come back, we're going to ask, or I'm going to ask that question that I had about the brain and the pantry. You got it. Be right back. Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects likes doing two things, talking and connecting people with their potential. If you'd like to talk about your potential with Stacy, contact her at Stacy at StacyConnects.com. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am your host, Stacey Heller. I am joined by Debbie Rosemont of Simply Placed. And before that whopping 15-second break, I was inquiring about this whole idea of tell me about my pantry. Does it reflect (laughs) the inside of my brain? So I have often said that the inside, so what's going on in our mind and, and, uh, you know, our anxiety level, et cetera, et cetera, can often be reflected on the outside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can then translate and say what's going on on the outside could also reflect or mirror what's going on in the inside. So if we have a highly disorganized space and I did not have enough time to look closely at your pantry, so I'm not making a judgment either way. I'm asking the question, so... But when we have a very disorganized space, it could either be that we have a lot going on in our head and it's hard then to physically organize and think about what's clutter and clearing that clutter. But when we do, we will often feel better inside, right? It just quiets. Things get quiet. So clutter can both be externally found in physical things and items as well as um, in our mind with our thoughts. And sometimes those um, spaces can look and I'm using air quotes which mm-hmm. you can't see on radio. <laughs> I know. I'm like but I <laughs> they but can I'm often like look the same. <laughs> well it's when I worked with um Bruce Flammer and Michael Bruce Image Consulting, we talked about that when we would go through people's closet. Right. And the clutter of, you know, oh, I was told that I need to have a little black dress and so I'm keeping that in here. Or I was told that I can't wear horizontal stripes and so mm-hmm. I don't wear horizontal stripes or whatever it is. Right. And so that totally tracks. And now I always describe my, the way I do things as I am tidy, but not clean. Okay. So I also differentiate between clean or tidy and organized. Okay. To me, organization is about finding what you need when you need it. Like being able to quickly put your hands on things, not wasting time looking for things. Mm -hmm. So I could have somebody who had a desk that looked different than their, you know, coworkers next to them. Mm -hmm. And one might say that's disorganized and that owner of that desk would say, well, no, there's a lot of stuff out, but I can tell you exactly what's where. Right. Now, if there's a lot of stuff out, are they, able to quickly get at things and, you know, is it not the stuff not taking up energy or, or attention? That's another question. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be neat or tidy to be organized. It's about having systems in place mm-hmm. and being able to save time, energy, money, stress through organization. 
and for somebody like me, systems is such a four-letter word. <laughs> it it scares me the idea of systems. And what's what's interesting is, well, the one thing that we're not talking about with the pantry is there is a like with all people, there is a method to my madness. And left to my own devices, it is all tidy and organized, mm-hmm. not always clean. There might be a cracker or whatever, and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, however. There's something at play that we haven't discussed. And that's my family. Uh-huh. Other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then having to marry. Right. You know, if I'm the one that does the lion's share of the organizing and mm-hmm. setting things up, mm-hmm. I'm doing it in a way that works for my brain. Um, for instance, I am a lefty. Mm-hmm. So when our kids were babies, it never occurred to me that I was putting my kids into their cribs to the left. Uh-huh. And then a babysitter would come and, you know, everything is the other. And they're like, what is that? And they would put the baby down. Or my kids' clothing, I always hung it up basically for a lefty to see. And some of them have then reverted as they got older. And others, even though they are a righty, they still just do it that way because it's habit. And so part of it is how you do things because of your brain and your system. Right. But then how do you marry that with other people? And... Well, and, and I think, you know, when when, um, when we're helping people physically organize stuff, as well as in what we really focus more on now these days is organization of time and schedule and that sort of thing. But, but either way, when you have other people involved or multiple people involved with one system, mm-hmm. um, we got to consider everybody's needs, preferences, um, you know, what they will or will not do to keep that up. And so... If it is truly just belonging to one person and only impacting one person, then that's great. We do it exactly like that person needs. But if there's somebody else involved, we've got to think about what's going to work best for the collective group. So <laughs> this past Friday when I was having my food delivered by mm-hmm. Vance of mm-hmm. Dinkfelders, mm-hmm. he came in and his routine has become on Fridays. He comes in. He I make sure that we're the last delivery and he comes in and we have a gin and tonic and this week he had the nerve to say to me it's not all about you so debbie what you're saying to me is <laughs> it's not all about me well, i mean nicely you're saying i it. am i am saying it the nicest way <laughs> you're possible. the second person now yes however where where i mean it, it does benefit you to consider others if you want the organization to be maintained and if you want it to work for everybody and for everybody to have buy-in. So it does benefit you. So it can really be mostly about you, Stacey. Okay. That was a really good (laughs) way to get me to buy into that because you're right. When I used to clean the kids, uh, the toys and things, Mm -hmm. I was aware enough that when they tidied up, just because I wanted all of the books to be alphabetized by author and genre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did not mean that was my baggage. That was not theirs. Right. And so, all right, well, enough of that. Um, let's now go a little bit backwards. So Simply Placed, tell me about how somebody gets into that that work and, and tell me about Simply Placed. Yeah. So Simply Placed started as a, a professional organizing company and in its um, early days back in 2003 when I started the company, um, it was primarily going into people's homes and helping them get and stay organized at home. So organizing physical spaces primarily, organizing stuff, helping people clear clutter, 
create systems. I want to go back to why that word scares you in, <laughs> in a little bit. Um, and then helping people, um, you know, understand how to maintain those systems so that they, you know, established habits that were helpful to them long term. And over the years, as I grew uh, the team and the company, I turned my my own attention back into kind of the corporate world from where I had come mm-hmm. and wanted to help individuals and teams be more organized and productive. So really kind of took the the uh, pivot to more time management work and helping people identify what was important to them as far as how they were going to use their time, mm-hmm. create a plan, figure out, you know, what were the time wasters or barriers to them accomplishing what they wanted and again, create systems so that they could be both effective and efficient in getting results. And, and that's still very much what, um, what I do now. So still have a small team mm-hmm. and um, love working with you know, busy professionals who have things that they want to do and you know, lifestyle that they want to lead, have more time for what matters to them so that they can, can have that life that they want. A neighbor, a former neighbor of mine, um, Valerie, once said to me with planning comes freedom and Mm -hmm. we were actually talking about babysitters Mm -hmm. (laughs) she had uh has four kids Mm -hmm. i have four kids Mm -hmm. and we were neighbors and our kids overlapped a lot and i remember her saying to me you know if you plan for a babysitter then Mm -hmm. there's the freedom to do what you want and so that just came through my head as you're talking about that that for professionals whether Mm -hmm. they are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs with a team or, you know, part of a bigger company or whatever it is, with that planning and, dare I say it, systems, comes a freedom to then do what it is you love to do and what you're inspired to do and be creative within it. So true. So true. And there's the, I think it was maybe Benjamin Franklin, but I might be misquoting so we could look it up later. Um, But that quote that um, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Um, and, and so planning is such a, a critical step. And again, it comes to identifying what you want, figuring out the gap between where you are now and how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having an action plan, anticipating barriers and eliminating them and then carrying forward that plan, like executing. And, and in some cases, and you know, a big part of uh what I do for clients is holding them accountable mm-hmm. to actually doing what they say that they're going to do and that they want. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like a a big barrier is a psychological barrier. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there if there's a resistance to, you know, organizing, that's probably psychological. Yep. If there's a, um, you know, I can't do this or I can't maintain it or, you know, systems are a four-letter word. Right. Clearly, there's, there's something there. Yeah. So there's a lot of psychology behind what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Mindset is big. Um, psychology of letting go so that this is both on the organization of physical things as well as demands on our time and emails in our inbox and all those things that can be um, time wasters or barriers. There is a lot of psychology around why it's hard to let things go. Um, Yet when we do, we open up space, energy, capacity Mm -hmm. for what is what we want. Well, Pete worked with you and Pete Mm -hmm. is an executive at Microsoft and I gave him the gift of you. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so funny. But it does. Yes. It really does. You, you gave him the gift of organization at work. I know, but I like the awkwardness better. <laughs> I just like letting it hang in the air like that. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie is a, um, this is a, like squirrel moment, but Charlie is a TA for um, the 
um, physical education class, so uh-huh. for gym, yep. for the special ed kids at uh-huh. Issaquah High. And so I like saying to people that Charlie is in special ed gym. Got it. And he's like, as a TA. And I just kind of like the awkward whatever. So anyway, so, so gift, I, gift to Peter. So I gave <laughs> Debbie <laughs> as a gift to Pete. And he still uses so many of the things that you taught him about going through his, you know, his emails. And it's funny over the holidays, he's like, it got away from me. I was mm-hmm. kind of letting it slip mm-hmm. knowing that the holidays were coming up. Mm-hmm. And his one work task that he allowed himself over the holidays was to clean up that inbox again so he could get back to those habits that you had created. I'm smiling because my guess is that took him way less time than it would have had he not had a system in place that we established when we worked together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of back to that, boy, systems really, in my mind, are so powerful um, and they do save us a ton of time. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that's all still working for you. Oh, it totally is. It's been, it's been, yeah, great. And um, so, okay, here's the deal with systems for me. Okay. What I have found is that, so I know that systems are great. I am a big fan of, I have a notebook and I make lists and I write everything down and I do these things. I'm very tactile. Mm-hmm. And so I need to think of things and like see them yeah. and engage multiple senses. Yep. And so at times I will hear from outside people, especially as a solopreneur, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, well, you need to have a system to do this and you need to have a system to do that. And you need to have, you know, your, um, your bookkeeping and then, you know, make sure that you get your system for social media where you're putting things and then don't forget to have your morning routine and have a system for that. And don't forget to have, you know, your Calendly to schedule your time. And I, my mind then just goes, yeah, you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because it sounds like, I mean, first of all, that's a lot of input at once to consider. Um, But the beauty of a system is when it's in place and when you find one that works for you, and that's the most important thing, um, it it allows consistent results to be delivered with minimal effort. So you set it up once, right? And it's good for anything that you need to do or have accomplished on a regular or repeatable basis. Mm -hmm. That's when it takes time to invest in a system that will pay off. Um, so happy to chat more about that, but you <laughs> you described a number of different systems. Now, would I want to change and handle and try and manage all that at once? Mm-hmm. No, um, but one at a time, those all could serve you well. And it's just preserving then when that system is in place. Let's say morning routine, for example, mm-hmm. just take one of those. When you have a routine in place and a system in place, then it takes out the decision-making um, need in the morning on on how that will look. So you just will kind of go into that system, receive the benefit, get the results without having to make all these micro decisions because you've made them ahead of time. That preserves your energy and attention for making other decisions later that need your creative spark, that need your innovation, that need you to be strategic. So to continue to make decisions on something you kind of want to do the same way every day, that's where a system pays off. I mean, you know, everything from the idea of um, having a morning meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my mom refers to it as saying her prayers in the morning. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's sort of meditation and Mm -hmm. letting that in. And um, I don't know, maybe exercising. Um, 
I kind of slurred that like, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, shower and just like the bail, the daily things yep. like, okay, that makes sense. And if <laughs> I want to do those things anyway, then creating that. Right. Um, I like the idea around it's something not to think about. So my first hour and a half or even two hours in the morning, right. It's like, well, you need to do these things anyway. Right. And so you might as well create a routine out of it. Right. And, and it, it doesn't remove all flexibility on your part. And I know that some people are afraid of systems or structure. When we talk about structuring calendar or schedule, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to have every minute scheduled. No, I wouldn't want that either. But that's not what we're suggesting. It's, you know, it's time blocking. It's planning. It's prioritizing in a visual way using a calendar, for example, so that you have more freedom, mm-hmm. you have the ability to open up for creativity in these times. Well, and it's interesting because when I think about, um, and I don't believe in using my ADHD as an excuse. I, you know, I've said to my kids, three of them have it, one of them doesn't. And, you know, I always say, you, it's, it doesn't, it may explain something, but it doesn't excuse something. Agreed. And so, you know, my mom, she's, I blame her for everything. She'll, she's nodding her head right now very vigorously. And I would argue that she's the one that probably has ADHD um, out of my mom and dad. And she overcompensated by being so organized. Mm. I mean, the grocery list and having what I refer to as the air and the spare in the pantry. Uh-huh. And so there's always that item and, you know, figuring out menus and her bookkeeping and all of those mm-hmm. things are meticulous. Mm-hmm. And they were clearly coping mechanisms for mm-hmm. her to have some control over running the household right. and those kinds of things. Right. And that ability has escaped me thus far. But I'm going to have growth mindset. Yes. And, you know, it's you can learn. You well, can learn. and okay. actually, I have sitting right in front of me a gifted copy of um Debbie wrote a book along with her co-author, and it's called One Habit for a Thriving Home Office. And so this idea that it is possible to have habits. So, I mean, what we're talking about here is habits. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they don't have to be big, earth-shattering habits, right? It can be something small that you do. Five minutes of planning and prioritizing, for example, every morning to set you on a path for a great day, right? Small. Well, and small. and yeah. there's that expression about work smart, not hard. That's right. So what you're basically suggesting is work smart about the things. And having known you for a long time and seeing how you worked with Grace and how you've worked with Pete. And in one situation, it's with, um, actually, it was one of your team members that worked with Grace. Mm-hmm. But working with a student about to go into college yeah. that really needed to think about how she was going to tackle this. Mm-hmm. And with Pete, it's the busy executive who right. was like, I'm doing so many emails, I don't have time to actually do the work. Right. And so two different scenarios. Yeah. And really being able to create those habits and those systems so that they they could be smart about it. Yeah. Makes so much sense. It's so mm. appealing. Sort of like <laughs> yoga and, and good healthy food and things like that. But then it's so hard. Uh, it's not really that hard. But again, this is a narrative I'm telling myself. That's right. This is the psychological thing. Well, and there's a difference between simple and easy, right? Something can be simple in concept. Doesn't necessarily make it easy to implement until you're ready. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like that delineation between them. Mm-hmm. So uh, going back to... 
what Simply Place does. So yeah. you yourself with the business have really shifted, as you said, to really doing the executive coaching and to doing coursework on that and training and programs on that. Right. So uh, really topics that, you know, impact productivity and our ability to, to get things done. Um, email management, task management, time management, um, having more effective meetings, being a better delegator, sometimes the organization of physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all examples of the things that we do, either group workshops or one-on-one consulting and coaching on. Um, and the, the productivity uh, transformation package, if you will, this, this six-month program really takes somebody from, um, you know, where they are to where they want to go in that way that I described, you know, help people identify what they want. Mm-hmm. We help them figure out, based on where they are now, what is the gap between that and where they want to go? And then how do we close that gap? So what what action plan? Because we just talked a lot about planning. Mm-hmm. What action plan do they need to have in place? And then for some people that have tried this before but not been successful in completing it, you know, what do they need in place as far as systems, routines, support, accountability to actually execute that plan? So that's work that I love doing. It's really just helping people, like you said, kind of have that freedom mm-hmm. of more time for what matters to them. And, and that could be um, applied then to make more money in their business. Mm-hmm. It could be to, you know, actually stop work at five and have dinner with the family. It could be exercise. It could be writing a book. I mean, whatever it is somebody wants to achieve, whatever is important to them, that's what that's what I want to give to them. So you're setting those goals really up front. And then so Using the analogy of when I worked with Bruce and we went into closets Mm -hmm. and, you know, people would say, um, you know, what do I need to do to get ready? And we would say nothing. Right. Like we really want to see how you live and function, you know, maybe like put your skivvies in the hamper or the drawer (laughs) or whatever. But like other than that, like we really want to see. Yep. And it's people's instinct to, you know, put up the facade and make it seem like, Everything's good here. Nothing to see. Right. So it must be interesting to to figure that out with people. Yeah. And I, I think some people will put off hiring, you know, hiring our help, for example, because they feel like they're not ready yet, meaning that they have to, you know, do something beforehand. And we actually can save them a ton of time by seeing things as they are or hearing about the current situation. Mm-hmm. And then we create a plan with them. So that makes that makes sense, you know, as far as that analogy. Well, and I think people need to take a cue from me and be a blueberry and realize <laughs> that it's neither good nor bad. Right. And that, you know, stop thinking about, you know, the fact that you might need help or the fact that you're a mess or whatever it is as a good or a bad thing or as a reflection of the kind of work that you do or any of that. That it's it's not about good or bad or true or false or you know whatever. Absolutely, and and I I mean I really hold zero judgment on how somebody's space is kept or you know how they've managed their time or how many emails are in their inbox because you know like anybody in a profession I've seen it all right and mm-hmm. so you could say you know are you embarrassed to, um, you know, go see the doctor if you have, or a dentist maybe is a good example, sure. if you haven't, you know, kept up with flossing every night. Well, they've seen that. It's it's what they do. Um, so to just, you know, make that phone call and make the appointment, you're one step closer to that end result. Makes so much sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here. And actually, Debbie is going to share information about Simply Placed and her programs. And then when we get back, 
I have some more questions for Debbie. <laughs> yeah. Are you overwhelmed? Do you have a lot on your plate? Do you have a lot you want to accomplish, but you're just feeling like you're spinning your wheels? Uh, you might be a great candidate for our six-month productivity transformation package where we help you identify what you want, figure out what's getting in your way, create an action plan, and then stick to that action plan so that you get the results that you want. Uh, Let us know if we can talk to you about that. It's easiest to book a free discovery call, which you can find at www.itssimplyplace.com. Book a discovery call at no cost so that we can explore ways to work together. The productivity transformation package might be just what you need because the next six months are going to pass anyway. Where do you want to be in six months from now? Awesome. I I know where I want to be in six months. <laughs> I, I think six months from now is about at Mother's Day. Yeah, that would be that would be just so maybe even a little bit further, right? We're already into beginning oh, that's true. January. Yeah, so it'll be June. It'll be June. So Father's Day. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah. We, you know, there I, I think that 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 package is awesome for people who really want that one-on-one support because it's weekly coaching sessions. It's um, includes a group program, which does stand on its own for some people, but mm-hmm. isn't enough for others. Um, and, you know, what you can accomplish with some support in six months time period is significant, no matter what the year. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And sort of in the same way that I talked about uh, not using my ADHD as an excuse, mm-hmm. rather as perhaps an explanation for some things. It's the same thing with 2020 yeah. or 2021 yeah. or having to work from home or whatever it is. Right. I would argue that people that are working from home are probably, it's not that far off to how they work in their office necessarily and how they keep things. Sure, there's more interruptions and maybe there isn't the ideal space and those kinds of things. But I suspect that the approach to work and and how they do things is similar. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, wherever you are, it's finding ways to be proactive, not reactive. Um, and, And, you know, when we think about things that are beyond our control. A pandemic, for example. Um, You know, there's a lot about that, a lot of uncertainty, a lot that we don't um, have the ability to influence on, you know, on Mm -hmm. big scale. However, we always can um, control and decide on how we're going to react to any of these things. I mean, this is true of anything in life, Mm -hmm. right? We can't control what happens around us or to us all the time, but we can always control how we react to that. And so doing things that take good care of ourselves, even in uncertain times, is important. Doing things that do help us move forward projects or goals or things that we want to accomplish, while we might have to, you know, pivot, that's maybe an overused word in the last year, (laughs) Um, but while we might have to pivot or adjust expectations or the way we might be doing something or a timeline, we can still move things forward. It might just look different than we thought it would originally. So there's still a lot, I think, that that we can do and and feel really good about. And, you know, you're never too old to learn things. I mean, you know, if I'm setting my goals about feeling, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to be learning how to feel things. I've tried more in the past 
month, which, by the way, folks, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have cried more in the past month than I've cried in I can't tell you how long. Mm-hmm. And so feeling and leaning into it, I'm mm-hmm. learning yeah. to not be afraid of something that I haven't done before. Yeah. yeah. You know, Stacey, if, if you were a client, if I can, do I have permission to just a, oh. a quick little coaching nugget here? Please. When you talk about a goal and wanting to feel more, mm-hmm. and this is a goal for you for this coming time period, whatever, you know, year or whatever it is, yep. what does that look like to you? How will you know that you've achieved that? I think it's about in the moment recognizing, um, whether it's sadness and going ahead and leaning into that mm-hmm. or joy, mm-hmm. there is nothing more intimidating to me than somebody asking the question, what brings you joy? <laughs> and I am somebody who normally can obviously, don't ask me to talk, speak about anything. Mm-hmm. I can't really identify that. I can intellectualize the answer and say, well, I love cheese doodles. I Mm -hmm. love my kids. They Mm -hmm. bring me joy. Mm -hmm. But it always feels like a pat answer. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's almost like I don't understand why it brings me joy or that that feeling. So for me, it's to have the the physical, all of it be on the same page at the same time. So if you were to get more specific about that goal to feel more, it sounds like uh, you could probably incorporate words like to explore, discover, uh, you know, feelings, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and to uh, you use the word connection, like to have a physical connection to an emotion, which is what a feeling is, right? It's, it's, a, right. it's emotion. So to have a physical connection to uh, be in alignment that if you're feeling sad, that that might um, physically feel heavier um, mm-hmm. and that that's okay. You know, you might not have the best posture when you're sad because right. you're feeling it. Right. So you could get even more specific about that goal of, you know, what, first of all, you know, why do you want it? I think that's an important thing for you to think about and explore, journal about if you're a mm-hmm. journaler. Um, so why do you want it? What What would you um, have, do, be, you know, feel when you have achieved that goal? And then specifically, what does that look like? And, and can you get, because our brain can wrap itself around specifics better than it can uh, a vague or, or um or general goal. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, being the best blueberry I can be is not specific <laughs> enough. <laughs> we could get way more specific if you wanted. <laughs> okay. All right. No, that's that is great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um man, I'm going to have to read the book. I'm going to take a class. It's a whole thing. <laughs> so, I want to ask about things that so many people when they think about, you know, organization, mm-hmm. it's sort of the way that authenticity is is a buzzword mm-hmm. in the health and lifestyle community. Also, um, I think of Marie Kondo. I think of um, the show Getting Organized by the Edit. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. of, you know, those things Mm -hmm. where I imagine that in the organizing and productivity world, this is another thing. So talk to me about about that. Um, About kind of the... uh, Just the... I think the fact that, you know, productivity is such a is such a thing. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure they have too. They just got like massive good marketing. Good marketing. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. Um, so I actually think that, um, you know, 
things like, uh, you know, Netflix picking up either the Home Edit show or Marie Kondo's um, show is awesome for raising awareness Mm -hmm. that there are people out there and companies that can help you achieve a goal. Again, if it's to organize a physical space, if it's to clear clutter, uh, the home edit tends to focus on making things very aesthetic. (laughs) Um, And and it's all, those are all good things. There is, in my opinion, no one size fits all. So, you know, I I have both um, praise and my own criticism. Well, this wouldn't work for all of my clients, for example, to um, consider Marie Kondo's idea of does this spark joy? Okay. I have thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. My, an example I love to give is if that was the only thing I considered when I was trying to decide to keep or toss something, my plunger at home, I wouldn't say that sparks joy, but if I need it, I need it. So I'm not going to get rid of it. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We're mm-hmm. in agreement on this because yeah. I feel like at times, like my husband and my children do not spark joy. <laughs> but and you're not going to toss them. But I'm not going to toss them right, because right. they bring joy more than they don't bring joy, obviously. Right. Right. But I right. I so agree with you. And there are people that just so absorbed this right. and then they tossed all of these things and then they have to go out and they're like, well, shoot. I need that. Well, and that's that's part of what I like to, uh, you know, get people thinking about whether or not you're eliminating something from your regular schedule or your calendar. You know, do I really need to go to that meeting? What would happen if I don't? I mean, those are the questions to ask is if I didn't have this thing mm-hmm. or if I didn't go to this meeting, you know, what would be the worst that would happen? And then kind of thinking through the consequence of not having it. And if it's minimal or at a low cost or no cost, then it might free up space and energy to get rid of it. And that's great. I, I guess my point is on any of these things um, that, you know, catch media attention, mm-hmm. It's just a good reminder to me that, one, it raises awareness. Two, there are people out there that can help you achieve a goal that you have. And then, three, there is no one size that fits all. So everything we do is super custom. Now, we might have a process that we follow with every client, but um, we're going to adapt that to their style preferences and needs. Uh, Well, I mean, it's, again, it's that almost therapy for Mm -hmm. productivity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so important. And I keep using the example of, you know, home stuff. But to me, it's such a great analogy. You know, thus my picture of my pantry, because it it really does translate into the productivity piece, whether it's in your, you know, your professional life might be your home. Mm -hmm. You may be a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. that is managing your kids that are homeschooling right now. Eventually, they will go back. I promise you they will go back. <laughs> and you may need to have some systems in place and ways to do things so that you can be, you know, less resentful of the fact that, you know, everything seems to be all over the place. Right. So, you know, I'm using those examples, but I definitely, I I know that especially what Simply Place does, it works both for that productivity piece and then your team can also do the other stuff as well and you know I know Pete and I um we bought back in late summer a lake house and it was turnkey it was awesome came furnished and and then with Annie moving into her own place and setting up her apartment both of us are so inspired to keep it simple yeah and so 
you know, I, of course, created a huge mess over the weekend and decided to consolidate our two bookshelves or our four bookshelves into two. Mm-hmm. But now I have the stuff all over the place and now I have to get rid of it. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, finishing a project is <laughs> often the hardest step. Yes. Um, because it takes sometimes logistics or thinking or, or that sort of thing. And, um, you know, that that's true, again, of, of anything you set out to do is, you know, what's the beginning, the middle and the end? Mm-hmm. And that's something you're not really done with something until it's complete, complete. Right. Um, so you've done part of that process. Yes, I have. And now right. I might suggest that you schedule time <laughs> for that last step. Yes, there is that. Uh, So we have a couple more minutes. So what should I be asking you that I haven't asked you? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I I guess, you know, in in thinking about your um, connecting other people Mm -hmm. and um, networking and and that sort of thing, I, I think it's it's interesting to think about why someone might come our way mm-hmm. um, and, and who we help. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about that being a wide variety. You yourself gave great examples of, you know, an executive at Microsoft, um, a student heading off to college. So while we um, do help a wide variety of people, I think one common thread is that most people, when they come to us and are asking for help, they're overwhelmed. Um, and that is such a common, um, thing I hear. I feel like if, you know, somebody before has asked you, what's your superpower? I don't know if you've ever been asked that question. I have it as part of my tagline. Okay. My business name is Stacy Connects and my tagline is it's my superpower. Okay. Well, I have two. Um, I have a nuclear nose. I can smell lots of things before other people. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and so that's a superpower and kind of odd. But the other is the ability to take away the overwhelm, um, really to to help people break something down that they felt was, you know, too much. And that could be too much stuff. It could be too many demands on time. It could be too many emails in the inbox. So it can be that kind of too much or um, just I don't know how to move forward on something. You know, can you help? So that's just something to think about. You know, what is something that almost everybody that we talk to has Mm -hmm. in common? And it is that when they start out, they're overwhelmed. And then we help take that away. That's awesome. Okay, share your website one more time and then I'm Mm going to ask you a quick question. Okay. Website is itssimplyplaced.com. So that's I-T-S-S-I-M-P-L-Y-P-L-A-C-E-D.com. Okay. Now here's my question. All right. If you had to pick between a cook, a driver, and a housekeeper, which would you pick? Housekeeper. (sighs) Right. (laughs) But it changes for me. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why that's the question I had to ask, but it is. So thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. It thank you for having me. It's a very pleasure. fun. I have a feeling that I'm going to be doing some work with you shortly. And um, I'm looking forward to reading your book, One Habit for the Thriving Home Office. You can actually find that on Amazon. And so thank you to you. Thank you to Eric. Make sure you stay connected, not close. And next week on the show, I have Jenny Butts. Have a good week, everyone. 